0: Goose podcast.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to The Writer's Room. This is episode nine of the show, where every week I have a new guest come on. Together we write an outline for a new chapter in the longer story of the show. And at the end of the episode... We have voice actors act out the scene that we wrote. I'm your host, Cam Barth, and every host must have a guest. My guest today is... Stig. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Steeg is... You, you You might have heard him in the last episode. He is the voice of Mars, the iconic wasteland the biker. Yeah. <laughs> you could say the main character of episode eight.
2: Um, yeah. What's, what's going on? How, how are you doing? Nothing much. I'm doing well. I've been looking forward to this since uh, episode one dropped. Yeah. Uh, Took you a little while to get to me on the list of writers, but that's okay. I'm hoping to uh, prove my mettle here with a solid performance. Probably around episode 15, I'll
1: um, kind of break the typical style of the podcast and just do... Episode 16 will probably be just like a tier list of every guest that I've had (laughs) so far. (laughs) And I'll just go s tier down to D tier. Um, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> every, every performance
2: is being evaluated. Uh, That's so, good. I'd kind of assumed that was going on behind the scenes, just yeah. looking at some of the analytics, different <laughs> things like that, knowing you. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: It was kind of plain to see. everything for me i I kind of see life through uh through kind of bracket shaped glasses. Um, mm-hmm. everything is either a bracket or a tier list for me. Yeah. Every episode I like to talk about my guest and mine's creative history together. And I think that we would be maybe a little surprised as to the extent of
2: ours. I, cause obviously I, I, this is segment isn't a surprise to me. So I had given right, right. some thought to it. I'm not sure what our, what our first one would be.
1: I know. I think I know exactly what our first one would be. It would be the Goose
2: Plan. Was the Goose Plan the first? I think so. Oh, I guess maybe of like a of a of a project helmed by either one of us.
1: Right. Well, I mean, was there something that we did before that? Because I know I feel we did. We
2: must have been on something for Noah. Our...
1: I don't think I don't think I did anything for Noah until ACDC.
2: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Little plug for Noah: banana cactus ukulele. Um, You can find. Check them out. New video drops
2: tomorrow, as of this recording, or a few days ago,
1: as of the time you hear this. Is it? I mean, I'll just take one guess. Is it
2: a road trip video? It is not. Whoa! This is fresh from Banana Cactus Leaks. That's my uh, Twitter handle, Uh Banana Cactus Leaks uh, at Twitter. It is not a road trip video. Noah Wish drove across the country, and for the first time ever, did not (laughs) record a minute of it. Wow, He's <laughs> that's a he shock! Said, quote, I enjoyed the journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just goes to show you, folks, art is pain.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so we so we did we did my freshman year final uh, final. You could call it a thesis film. Um, <laughs> uh, called the Goose Plan. Um, mm-hmm. We did. We collaborated on um, "Banana Cactus Ukulele ACDC Medley." I, th- I don't think we did anything else until I—I I was the boom op in "Dead Body" in your—in uh, your premiere short
2: film. That's right. Two my guns. very first, sh- my directorial debut on the yeah. short film format was uh, Two Guns," and Cam was an excellent dead person and mm-hmm. almost as good of a boom operator. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we—that would—that
1: would—that w- that one. Um, was, it wasn't your typical, like, come to my apartment and shoot this short film. We we traveled to a, a very mountainous location.
2: It was an experience. It was very cold.
1: It, yeah, it was
2: certainly cold. It was central Nevada in, I guess, the beginning of January. So we were definitely mornings, high 20s, very low 30s, and then mm-hmm. could hit some fairly balmy, almost touch 40 in the afternoon. So not yeah. crazy crazy, but certainly not... Uh, yeah, the the typical kind of weekend shoots we were used to that were long right. but reasonably temperate uh, and, and close to home and pretty high altitude too
1: for someone who's yeah, prone yeah. to an altitude sickness. You I, are. I, I think I think I, um, I I don't remember exactly, but I probably almost fainted a few times just standing sitting <laughs> there oh standing there arms up legs locked holding a boom.
2: <laughs> Why did you never say anything I about don't, that?
1: I don't maybe. I don't know if it's true. I, I'd be surprised if it was if it wasn't true. And then after that, I guess probably just sending scripts back and forth. I was gonna scripts. say yeah. There's yeah.
2: definitely throughout. There's been yeah some script script revisions, advice, yeah, uh, that kind of thing. So we're 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 familiar with each other's writing,
1: each other's writing styles. Mm-hmm. So I think this should be a fruitful collaboration yeah if ho- we really hopefully put our minds hopefully s tier folks that's hopefully, hopefully s tier um we'll see uh just i guess like i don't want you to stress or anything but just know that every word every idea is being evaluated mhm mm-hmm. i actually you're at acting the,
2: like you're acting like i didn't come prepared for that <laughs>
1: at the at the end of uh probably at the end of the run of the podcast i'm going to release a whole other podcast series called the writer's room outtakes and it's just i'm saving every single clip that i cut out of a writer's Mm -hmm. um like a writer's meeting um so that's where you'll really see what people are made of Um, yeah yeah the stuff that doesn't make it in right i guess we can get into the writing um i know you play mars um but is there anything that sticks out to you positively negatively what do you like what do you dislike um, I'm kind of
2: digging everything. I was definitely in the, like, first couple episodes, people started to go pretty, like, like, we're picking up a lot of storylines as, a kind of, yeah. you know, um, and when I was thinking about this at first from, like, uh, I assumed this was going to be, you know, written as a screenplay and produced as an audio drama, So it was, like, mm-hmm. it felt like it was getting kind of out of hand, but I sort of like the idea that kind of the eventual, or the sort of the... The universe that's being built here is more of something for a graphic novel, which can obviously, you know, yeah, small smaller issues. And I feel like I know very little about graphic novels or typical structure or format or how you, you know, most people go about writing one. But yeah. it seems like this could work in, a, you know, with with a lot of different all the different subplots and stuff we've got going on here. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind taking like a little bit of time to focus on like. I guess we, the sort of this conspiracy and the stuff with the revolution is obviously the main, that's our primary um, track. And all, all the all the side yeah. quests do sort of weave into that to a, a fairly significant extent. I'm interested, I kind of want to spend time, I think, on the underworld. I know that episode mm-hmm. 8 was just an underworld episode, and we've kind of yeah. jumped back and forth. But I think now we're at the time like where everyone's... Or most everyone for now has been introduced. And I think we can do maybe some longer stretches. It'd be better. Okay. So you get to, like, dig in a little bit more. And then instead of having to, like, you know, hop around. Because we got so many things to right. get to. So I, I want to go Underworld again. I'd like to mm-hmm. explore that a bit.
1: So you're wanting to do Wasteland Revolution episode, is what you're saying? Wasteland
2: Revolution episode. Yeah, it would be okay. the, the short way. What are the, what are the Rebels doing next? I think that's where we should start yeah. this. The only thing that we've been really introduced
1: to at all in terms of the revolution is soa and kind of soa soa and their like gang of wastelanders um Mm -hmm. if we really want to have like an intro to the revolution i think it could be cool because mars your character is kind of caught up in it now you know yeah if mars himself got an intro introduction to the revolution Then that could be cool. Is highlighting Mars a little bit more something that you would want to do in this episode? I'd be down to do it, not to you know (laughs) plug my own character, but I think it's it's probably the easiest way to enter the story. Yeah,
2: that's certainly a very natural way Mm -hmm. get someone who doesn't know the revolution and show them the revolution. So I think I think bikers are uh, like independent, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. roving factions, and then which obviously you know gives a little bit of a reason for the revolution to have interest in him because he you know could be a sort of a liaison yeah um you know they might need some bikers to storm the capital
1: (laughs) wait that is okay well this is cool i think it would be interesting to see so mars and bernard just ran up those stairs that's where we kind of left left off Mm -hmm. they ran up those stairs and we don't know where they where they ended up going maybe we could pop in with them maybe at the wasteland camp and Mars and Soa could be talking and Mars could be like, what was that? Like, what what did I just witness? And then yeah. Soa could say, Soa could explain what's happening. And maybe even, and maybe at the end of their conversation, Soa could send Mars on a mission or on like a, they could tell Mars, we need you and your bike gang to do something for us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So perhaps like I'm picturing just, I'm going to try and, you know, sort of sequence it yeah. In my head I think it'll help me. They run up out of the building. I don't know if there's like if it's kind of a bit of a reveal that there's maybe like a resistance strike force there almost who like um soa came in with. These two fellers come up the stairs and they get kind of ushered into like a transport so that if we get right. sort of our a little bit more fleshing out of this revolution. So we get okay. you know don't won't have to do so much like cloak and dagger stuff like going forward like get get an answer right. there somewhat. Okay. Um, yeah. At least you know an, an introduction, and then later you know when he's got to go find his biker buddies. Bernard's like, "Well, I'm gonna come with you. <laughs> like, I'm not, yeah. you know, I have nowhere else to go. I'm yeah. like, Did you think I had parents?"
1: <laughs> right. Okay. So, so you think that when Bernard and Mars come up, are they they're met by
2: a revolution, like a strike force kind of? Something. Yeah. It, there's there's a couple of some kind of little armored personnel character. Maybe they can hover, fly things. You know. Yeah, probably pride of the Resistance fleet, as far as you know, this like, you know, main you know cell in the underworld goes. If if they're gonna be flying vehicles, because I imagine there's not a ton of those in the wasteland.
1: No, not a ton. If any, they're...
2: they see you know these two humans. Of course, they know what, and anyone who's there with the Resistance knows what that factory is. So yes. they just kind of they just kind of welcome them in. There's yeah. you know, wouldn't be reason for them to not you know to leave them behind. I, I'm wondering if there's a way we can spice up the classic like. Oh, they get in the car and then they blindfold them and they do that kind of thing. Like maybe maybe we just skip the secrecy because it's like yeah. it's not you it's, know. it's just the wasteland. Like it's just they're yeah. all they they know they're all wasteland dwellers. Like these people, right. even if they could contact the surface, are not gonna be able to even if they wanted to, like, you know, leak anything. Right. Um, no one would take
1: them seriously or okay. whatever. So Mars and Bernard come up and the the strike force takes them back to the wasteland camp. To the to the to the resistance camp, you could say. Mm hmm. Um and then what do you think? Do you think do you think there's a meeting? Do you think there's an initiation kind of thing? Do you think it's I, just Mars confronting SOA being like what the hell's going on? I'd
2: prefer a Mars and SOA, I think. Maybe, you know, the leaders of the resistance are named or like you you know, you see them across camp, but I don't want like necessarily do like, oh and we're gonna have this whole big general meeting with the <laughs> with the plans that SOA stole from this dude, <laughs> you know. Yeah. The battle station. Right. Um, like I'm kind of picturing the vibe is they got picked up because it's like, yeah, we're not going to leave our fellow wastelanders here. Um, what was the point of breaking them out if we were? And but then when they get there, it's not like they really have something for them to do. Right. So Mars and Bernard are kind of left to be like, okay, it's like, so can I can I get a motorcycle? Can I leave? Maybe that's what his thought mm-hmm. is, um, or maybe he's just like, what are we? What what is all this? Maybe he's okay. like a little bit curious to know. Um, and he's just kind of dealing with Soa, and maybe Soa even. If we want to introduce another new character, maybe Soa, like, pawns him off on somebody else because they are a leader and, like, a very capable, you know, like, operative, like, yes. you know, on the front lines. Right. And so it, I don't picture them. I think there's plenty of people above them. It also And it also makes sense in terms
1: of just being linear because Soa did tell Mars and Bernard, like, I'm going back in to the base. Yeah. So yeah. so Mars Bernard went up without them, and then there's this other person who's there. Um, mm-hmm. another like we could say someone maybe on the same level as Soa, maybe one level below Soa, who yeah. who can take them back. Mars can confront this person and be like, "What's happening?"
2: Yeah. So yeah, someone who would be like, Soa is you know oversees they oversee their like I don't know unit block cell, yeah. and then within like one of the squads within their battalion or their you know whatever this is one of you know the leaders are one of those so like just one step down um but still can kind of give them something to do right and then potentially yeah this could be interesting i feel like i haven't it's maybe not a terribly long scene but it'd be nice to you know we get a bit of a tour around the camp just with someone right off the transport points um bernard and mars in a direction and they're just like kind of left to their own devices because people are busy, you know, and, like, it's fairly low security, you know, because, like, yes, this is a super covert, dangerous revolution, but also, like, no, literally no one is in the wasteland who would have anything against them.
1: So here's possibly an idea and something that I think is kind of cool. We don't have a real wasteland leader yet. Um, Mm -hmm. Or not wasteland leader, but, like, revolution leader. Yeah. Um, So I'm thinking maybe... Cause I I I don't I'm not a huge fan of like a scene where two characters sit down and just talk to each other. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Mars and Bernard get on this transport with this other lieutenant. They're going to the wasteland camp, um, and this person is Mars is asking questions like, "What was that? Where am I?" And this person is this person's answering, but like being like kind of vague, being like, "Just wait and you'll see." Um, and then they get to the 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 wasteland camp and maybe that's where we meet
2: the the big leader of the revolution per se, yeah I I guess to me there's there's value in like not not getting a proper introduction to the leader maybe okay it, this could this could be me just trying to subvert what I feel is the norm the expectations if you yeah. will but I think it'd be it'd be cool to because obviously this revolution is huge you know because I'm sure loads of people in the underworld are all about it the wasteland and then topside, they have seemingly like a pretty good network of contacts as well. Yeah, you know, we've seen people from a couple different factions mm-hmm. who are who are all about it too. Um, so I and I sort of like, I feel like it'll be a stronger like indicator of that scale if these two people who were thrown on a transport and like not maliciously, but nobody cares what they do or what they're doing or whatever. Right. It's like oh yeah, so this is the resistance. Yeah, go take care of yourselves. I think it'd be you know a better indicator of that scale if we you know they see the leader or they you know from yeah. from a distance or whatever maybe they are having a meeting but they're not at that meeting or right. something like that um That's leaders cool. are often having meetings
1: often okay so here's another pitch then they get on this transport they're driving with this person they get to the wasteland camp this person's like maybe like wait here like this person has, maybe has a job for them. Like Mars is probably like, take me to my bike. Like I, I just need my bike. I need to, mm-hmm. I need to live my life. And this person's like, okay, wait. And then they take them to the wasteland, to the, to the resistance camp. And they could just be like, wait here or go over there. Cause I do want like a, a scene of Mars and Bernard, like checking out the camp would be, would yeah. be cool. Yeah. And maybe they walk into the wrong tent and that's where they see the leader or something. And mm-hmm. they're, like, forced out of this tent. And then the person who is guiding them comes back and is like, what What the hell are you doing? Like, I put in a lot of characters just as, like, jumping off point. Like, like small intros to certain characters that certain writers can pick up if they want to. Um, mm-hmm. One cool character that I've always been interested in is this lady who sits in, like, this old lighthouse with a bunch of birds and gives these birds, like, resistance messages to send to to the above ground so maybe and in that episode they gave bikers the message to drive to this lady in the lighthouse who gave the messages to the birds and maybe that can be something that that mars has to do and that's and maybe they meet
2: this lady i feel like i think i like that i kind of like preserving the bikers as a bit of an unknown quantity to the resistance although it does make a lot of sense that you know of course they'd be for it but they're sort of you know, pretty libertarian, maybe. You know, they're just like, I'm looking out for me and mine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, something I, like
2: that. I think in the
1: episode it was one biker that went. So, I mean, I feel like there are bikers yeah. everywhere in the wasteland, you know, mm-hmm. and like like one biker could know about it. But, um, yeah, yeah. but I, I, I agree that I think bikers are minding their own business and um, aren't super involved but we don't we don't have to go see that woman that's just um i'm just wondering like where eventually this episode like leads up to
2: well i think that's a good spot if we can work in like a it feels real for the world kind of reason that they might task mars and by extension bernard (laughs) (laughs) with delivering stuff to Mm -hmm. this uh, message woman i don't know if it's just like and I'm picturing them at the big camp too, there's probably not a huge shortage of people who could accomplish this task or right. whatever. But maybe there's you know, so there there are a couple of resistance bikers or, you know, resistance people who have fast transport who are were about to go, and so this lieutenant to like get get these guys off her back is like, oh, you know, you can take one of Yeah. The, these motorcycles you know even though they're probably low on motorcycles but she's maybe i don't know if he's got some money or there could be something there yeah where it's like very much you know it's not enough to be kind of down with the cause even <laughs> if he says that like sure i'll you know I'll help out it's like all right well we really can't afford to lose this motorcycle so you have to pay it to <laughs> or something. i don't know i feel like i like giving yeah. a bit of that edge to uh it, it i'm pulling it kind of from i'm a big fan of the um fallout it's a you know video game series mm-hmm um and basically your uh your character is kind of like a lone wanderer um sometimes very literally and you can join all these factions and stuff and you'd think like oh i'm a soldier in your army like can i just get free stuff but they're like everybody's got to chip in and support the cost <laughs> you have to buy your own you know weapons for the missions we're yeah. going to send you on so and i feel like that's kind of like that could be pretty realistic for a scrappy resistance, where people not just have they don't just have to buy in with their lives and their time, but like yeah. actually we need money. So if you could have a day job too, like, that'd be great. Yeah, well, I think I think that would be a funny
1: storyline for Mars, is if he ended up just being like a line cook for this resistance. Um, yeah. Okay, here's what here's what I think. They go Mars and Bernard are, go to this camp. They wander around, see the leader, get up to something in the camp. The lieutenant who was talking to them comes back is like. Okay, you guys, like, and I think, yeah, they have probably people who could go just on a whim. They could be like, okay, this is your job. Go out and see this Mm -hmm. woman. But I think Mars, it's just a convenience thing. And they always, Mars is looking for a motorcycle. They have a motorcycle, but they'll give it to him if he'll help them out and join the cause and they're always looking for new people maybe they're like you can have this motorcycle if you go and give this lady this message for her to send out and then what i'm thinking is as they're driving mars is like no way i'm no way like i'll give this message but there's no way i'm staying in bernard's kind of bernard's kind of like what the fuck are you talking about man i like i also need this like because bernard is kind of homeless as well like bernard doesn't really have any place to go and mars is kind of a lifeline for him at a certain yeah
2: point. He, yeah definitely you know given what they've been through in this short time right I definitely see Bernard latching onto Mars and then being very excited by like oh there's people trying to change the shitty life yeah. I've been like sort of you know born into right um and that's very and like some you know this big huge thing that he could potentially belong to plus mm-hmm. he's got this new older brother <laughs> slash you know father figure something yeah. like that I'm wondering it could be a cool thing like with the, as far as the like trust in the motorcycle, whatever, because they're like, oh, you know, we've got this motorcycle. Maybe they like this resistance base is pretty far in the middle of nowhere just because they kind of have a large footprint. So, you know, they're like, just mm-hmm. in case, like, let's. I'm wondering if maybe it's like they give them enough fuel to like just to get to the lighthouse That's cool. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like you get to the lighthouse maybe there's more fuel there or something. Yeah. Um, and you deliver the message, they'll give you that gas tank you could. And maybe there's like a choice point there where he could pretty much get to like where he knows there's a fuel point beyond the lighthouse right. if he at least delivers the letter, or he could definitely have enough fuel to get back to the base and keep working, you know. Yeah. So over over the little trip. I like that. Um, which a lot. could maybe, yeah, maybe we don't have to do, we don't have to do the whole because I think we might want a little bit of time with Mars and Bernard so that can you know it can be something that's yeah. whatever we don't have to get all the way to the lighthouse today but that can be their sort of. I think I think I would like them to get to
1: the lighthouse. Um, okay. I don't think we need to spend that many pages in the camp. I think like mm-hmm. two or three pages in the camp of them wandering around is okay. And then there, there can be a little bit of Mars Bernard talking as they go to the lighthouse. And then I think probably the crux of the episode, from what I was thinking, would mm-hmm. be this lady kind of convincing mars to join the cause and I, yeah. I i thought a cool scene would be okay mars is at the lighthouse and maybe at some point the lady drops the bomb of like you only have enough fuel to get here
2: you I, well, I I think i think when they give him a motorcycle it's like all right well you know we'll get you like you, we need you to do this for us if you like do it and come back we'll um kind of like they you know a quick layout like the lighthouse is whatever miles from here, you know, ne- nearest fuel is however much more yeah. or whatever. So you you know, get to that lighthouse, they'll give you more fuel and you can come okay. back yeah. and then we're, you know, we'll give you the motorcycle, um, yeah. that kind of thing. Just so it's something he's, you know, thinking about as Bernard is weighing on him while they cross the yeah. expanse. And then, so then he gets there having, you know, knowing this choice was coming. Cause then he maybe reveals once he's got the extra fuel, cause Bernard's asking, he's like, just sort of looking over his map and he's like or you know i picture he does not that he needs to check the map like he kind Mm -hmm. of knows he puts it together and he's kind of saying there's a fuel thing like i can ride for six i can ride for 60 miles walk another 10 i'll be able to get some fuel and then walk back to the bike you know kind of thing and then that's the that he's got to actually then make that choice in front of bernard who's now just there with the lighthouse lady right Um, but uh, i do i do like what you're saying definitely of Just, you know, a couple pages in the camp, keep it brief. And then I was just, I was uh, kind of flashing back to more like, yeah, if I was writing a movie and this was one of the main subplots, I might have them do like more would happen to like with their characters over the course of the desert crossing, the 60 miles, whatever they drive. But I think you're right. That's the, that's the better way to do it for this. And then Mm. reach the lighthouse.
1: Okay. So, and I also think that at a certain, like, I think these wastelanders know that they're sending mars and bernard to this lady
0: and i think they Mm. have to
1: have some faith that this lady can sway mars one way or another in terms of like they like give him the bike and they're like go to this lighthouse you have a choice whether or not you can come back i don't think they would put that much of a choice and that big of a risk of like losing their losing this bike if they didn't think that this lady could could um sway him in one way
2: okay yeah no i definitely like them you know having like you know It's like, oh, you know, go to the lady in the lighthouse, and Mars is like, sure, but they kind of know that she's, like, a darling of the resistance or something, or, like, the lieutenant is kind of quietly, like, you'll see, or, like, you know, I know you won't be able to turn away from this. But I was thinking more, it's like, initially, it's like, they they don't anticipate him being willing to, like, walk 20 miles through the wasteland to get more fuel and come back to the bike. So they're (laughs) sort of like, they're kind of pitching it like, this is your only option, yeah, we'll let you keep this bike, but first you're going to have to do work for us, like, starting with take it to the lighthouse to deliver this message. Not, like, a, you know, super crucial message, maybe, um, but, like, a, you know, reasonably important one. They're making the trip to send it off. So it's like, do that. you got enough fuel to get there. It's the only thing you could possibly reach with that fuel, and then she'll give you enough fuel to come back. Yeah. Um, What they don't, yeah, anticipate is that he's like, oh, well, also you know, once I am there and have more fuel, I can almost make it to this far, you know, this kind of in the fringes fuel station, I know. So that's kind of like his, it's like, they're, they don't think they're leaving it up to chance, but, but he kind of has that all along. He, you know, knows. Yeah. I I think, I think the bikers definitely have
1: like checkpoints where they, yeah, like
2: stash fuel as caches. Yeah. Yeah, Stuff like that. So he's like the, the Bernard's like, what do you mean? He's like, 20 miles that way, there's 10 <laughs> gallons of fuel buried behind it. You know, like, yeah. he knows the wasteland kind of thing. Okay. And yeah. I, th-
1: I think the only thing we have left to really talk about is, like, the scene with the woman and what they talk about um, when okay. they actually get to the lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, specifically in the scene, the woman was, like an, like, an old lady. I'm thinking, you know, like, the long old lady, like, the kind of lanky old lady. Not, okay, not yeah, like yeah. the lanky old lady, but, but like the, a, the build. Yeah yeah, the t- yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like that kind of like creepy. Um, and Bernard the whole time is like, you can't leave me with this crusty old woman. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Bernard with his yeah. like classic little quips. But I think this lady has like kind of a maybe they maybe have like an almost philosophical discussion.
2: I'm I'm thinking it'd be great. Yeah, write something just. Super awesome. <laughs> Go take care of that, Cam. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing it's really great. It's yeah. super good writing, and then that's perfect. I've done my part. That's, that's, um, yeah. No, but yeah, it's like a. She's obviously she's not gonna give him a pitch on like the resistance or whatever. But being you know, with all her years in the wasteland, a wise person. Yeah. The kind of the conversation they get up to is is pretty philosophical, and I think it'd be nice to stray away from someone who's like just the sort of like doting like speaks in small things or whatever, and the hero's like, come on, I just want to... can I just do my Jedi training already? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, t- or like... Not that that's like this, like, stereotype yeah. I'm thinking of, but like, that's a good example. But yeah, I think, I think it'd be good if she kind of had like a little bit of a fresher personality. Like, she's clearly um, not as in a hurry to not be in the conversations, maybe as Mars mm-hmm. would be or something like that. But she's also... But still, you know, appropriately vague, and he's kind of just waiting around, like, am I going to get this fuel? Like, maybe there's a bit of a quiet... Like, they have their first thing, she sends the message off, she's like, okay, yeah. great, you know, go do this, and then he's kind of, like, you know, waiting in the foyer, like, <laughs> is she going to come back downstairs with the fuel, or, like, what's going yeah. on, you know? And they yeah, so they have their conversation like okay. that, and he's got to kind of deal with that dynamic.
1: That's cool. I think, yeah, I like that. And then... He gets the fuel, and I think he's convinced to go back, right? He's convinced to go back to the to the.
2: I, I picture him, yeah, not going to the desert cache. And I I mean, I don't think it'd be... There's nothing that jumps to mind that we could, you know, use the opportunity to say anything about him. I mean, obviously, we don't know a ton about this character yet because this isn't a podcast about this character. Right. We got other concerns. We got bigger <laughs> fish to fry. I don't think there's a reason to have him, like, do a fake out, like, go out like he's going to get the fuel and then... no stop and use the fuel to come back to get you know <laughs> bernard or something yeah. i think he just kind of makes that choice and he and bernard go back you know
1: also we we have we we have a page limit as well i don't want to i don't want to yeah hit. so i think i have everything i have
2: i i have less than i've ever had but i have everything i need um, <laughs> yeah this uh, is pretty especially you got to kind of invent the whole camp vibe and scene right. and everything by yourself and then um, certainly a lot of discussions and figuring out what like a lot more in-depth information about who these two brand new characters are um right so certainly yeah if you want to talk more during the week off air um yeah. as long as it counts positively toward my tier list score course, at the end course. i'm happy to you know talk
1: again cool um so yeah I, thanks steve thanks for thanks for writing with me no problem thanks for having me on super fun i love i love that you're doing the podcast it's a good time. Is there is there anything you specifically want to plug, for for your episode? Ooh,
2: plug? Uh, I don't think so. Um. I yeah. I don't know. I guess I guess if anyone's looking for something to investigate, check out one of the causes that uh, Cam puts yeah. in the <laughs> thing every week. I often forget to, and I'm like, oh wait, there's yeah new causes this week. Yeah. Um. Oh, also, there's a great article that just came out, um, NPR about plastic recycling and how that's maybe not so much a thing at all <laughs> um so yeah, it's very easy to find npr plastic recycling yeah. give that a google and read if you're yeah i'd plug that it, it very much goes with the theme of the podcast which is the the corporations
1: and the rich kind of just shitting on yeah. everyone yeah yeah cool thanks steve yeah no problem next time you hear from us it'll be in the reading shoots so adios All right, welcome back, everyone. This is the reading portion of the show. I'm joined by my episode nine cast. We have two new voice actors joining us today. Playing Rayon, we have... John Luke Lassa. Playing Cordelia, we have...
0: Amalia Gonzalez.
1: And we also have two returning voice actors, the dynamic duo. The co-writer of the episode, playing Mars, we have... Stieg... And playing Bernard, we have... Megan. All right, let's get into the reading. Interior stairs, day. Mars and Bernard run up the stairs of the Mark A warehouse.
3: <sighs> so many stairs.
1: A bang from behind them inside the warehouse. They jump. Holy shit.
3: Keep going, dumbass.
1: Mars and Bernard run faster than before. Exterior wasteland, Day. A metal door juts out of a large boulder. Mars and Bernard burst through the door and fall onto the dusty floor of the wasteland. They both breathe heavily. That
2: was nuts.
3: What's going on, man?
1: Suddenly, both Mars and Bernard are grabbed and pulled to their feet. Mars looks up to see Rayon. Male, twenties, really cool. He smiles at Mars. Howdy. Behind Rayon, a group of wastelanders hop off four-wheelers and run, guns first, into the door. Rayon pulls Mars and Bernard over to his ATV.
3: Who are you? Friends.
1: Rayon pushes Mars and Bernard onto the back of his ATV. What, where are we going? Questions later. Rayon jumps on the four-wheeler and guns it away from the door. Exterior wasteland, moments later. Rayon flies through the wasteland on his vehicle. Mars and Bernard sit on the back of Rayon's ATV. Where are we going? Camp. What camp? The resistance. Bernard gasps. gasps.
3: No way, you guys are the resistance? What's
1: the resistance?
3: You don't know what the resistance is? Rayon scoffs.
1: (laughs) Typical biker. Exterior resistance camp outskirts. Later. The caravan pulls up to the edge of the camp. Rayon hops off his vehicle. The rest of his squad hurries into the camp. Rayon turns to Mars and Bernard. Let's go. Rayon strolls into the camp. Mars and Bernard slowly dismount. Where are we?
3: The resistance, dude. God, everybody knows about it.
1: Resistance? Resistance? Resisting what?
3: What the fuck do you mean, weren't you just kidnapped? Oh. This is so sick.
1: Bernard rushes into the camp. Mars sighs and follows. Exterior resistance camp, continuous. Bernard follows behind Rayon. Mars looks around skeptically as he follows Bernard. Tents are scattered around the dusty landscape. Wastelanders hurry from tent to tent, administering medical aid, carrying food and water, and completing other chores. Whoa.
2: Bernard pulls on Rayon's shirt.
3: Have you been above? Have you seen the factions? Which one's your favorite?
2: Mars pulls Bernard back. This is cool and all, but I gotta go. My crew's probably tearing up the planes as we speak. Mm. Yeah, bike man, I can get you a bike. Rayon stops in front of a big tent. You guys just wait out here for a sec. I'll be right back. Then I'll get my bike?
1: Then you'll get your bike. Rayon disappears into the tent.
3: You are so lame.
1: Mars looks over to see Bernard walking off into the camp. Wait. Mars
2: hurries after him. Where are you going?
3: We're in the resistance camp. Duh, I'm gonna explore.
2: He said to wait.
3: He said to wait. You're like a child, dude.
2: I need that
1: bike, kid. Bernard approaches a small tent.
3: And you'll get your bike. Just relax.
1: Bernard reaches for the tent's door flap. You're just gonna look into people's tents?
3: You're such a square. Nothing's gonna-
1: Bernard opens the flap to see, interior tent continuous, a group of people surrounding a table. In the middle of the table sits a map of the six factions. At the head of the table sits an incredibly tall woman. Everyone in the room looks up at the pair at the door. Bernard and Mars stand frozen.
3: S-sorry.
1: Rayon pulls Mars and Bernard back. Exterior resistance camp continuous. Mars and Bernard fall backward into the dust. What the hell, guys? I told you to wait.
3: Who were they?
1: Way above your pay grade. You want your bike? Please. Come with me. Exterior resistance camp, outskirts. Moments later, Rayon leads Mars and Bernard up to a beat-up motorcycle. It's
2: nothing special, but it'll get the job done.
1: Mars grabs the handlebar. Perfect. Rayon grabs the other handlebar. Oh, did you think you were getting this for free? Mars groans. (sighs) What do you want? Rayon pulls a slip of paper out of his pocket and rolls it up. I need you to deliver this to someone for me. Here. He hands Mars the rolled-up message and a map. You've got enough fuel to get to the drop point. Once you're there, feel free to fuel up and head on your way. Mars hops on the bike. Bernard hops on behind him. You're coming too?
3: Where the fuck else am I gonna go?
1: Mars sighs and starts up the bike. You could
2: always come back
1: once you're done. We could always use more heads. Mars scoffs. (laughs) Alright. Mars revs the bike and flies off into the wasteland. Exterior wasteland later. The wind and dust whips across Mars's face. Bernard hides his head behind Mars's back. God,
3: how do you do this?
1: Where are we going? Bernard pulls the map out.
3: Which way is north?
1: We're going north now.
3: Bang a right and we're 50 miles from the lighthouse.
1: The lighthouse?
3: That's what it says.
1: Mars makes a sharp right and guns it.
3: Are you going to go back? Back? Back to the resistance.
1: Not a chance.
3: Well, what am I supposed to do?
1: Lighthouse sounds pretty nice. Fuck you. They ride on. Exterior Lighthouse, later. The two pull up to a tall, decrepit lighthouse. Mars steps off the bike and looks up at it.
3: This shit is creepy.
1: Stay down here.
3: Huh, why?
1: No idea what's up there. Mars heads to the entrance of the lighthouse. Interior Lighthouse, moments later. Mars reaches the top of a long staircase at the top of the lighthouse. I hate stairs so much. Mars steps into a dimly lit room to see A room full of mutant birds. They sit on every possible perch in the room. On the other side of the room, in a wooden chair, sits Cordelia. Female, 80s, tall and thin. She looks out the huge open windows of the lighthouse onto the wasteland plains below. She speaks to Mars without turning around.
0: Did Rayon send you?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm Mars. I have this message for you. Cordelia turns around.
0: Bring it here, if you will.
1: Uh, yeah. Sure. Mars walks carefully toward Cordelia. He looks out the corner of his eye at the birds who watch him walk past. He finally reaches Cordelia and hands her the note. She unrolls it and reads. Mars watches the birds warily as she reads. One bird shifts weight on its perch. Mars flinches. Cordelia finishes reading the note and rolls it back up.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Sure. Uh, Rayon said there'd be some fuel for me.
0: Buried directly under this window.
1: Cool. Mars hesitantly makes his way to the door.
0: I assume Rayon gave you the choice?
1: Not much of a choice, if you ask me.
0: So you won't help the cause?
1: It's not my cause. Cordelia looks down at Bernard, who throws rocks on the wasteland ground.
0: You ride with the bikers? Yeah. Nomads typically think for themselves. It's understandable.
1: Keeps me alive.
0: But won't you think for him?
1: She nods down
2: to Bernard.
0: You've grown into a man. You're one of the lucky few. Many don't make it to that stage in life.
2: I did it by looking out for myself.
0: Is he going to make it?
1: Bernard throws a rock at the lighthouse. It hits the metal wall and bounces back, striking Bernard in the forehead.
0: He never had a chance. None of us did. We live in squalor simply because of where we were born.
1: A bird flies and perches on Cordelia's shoulder. She attaches the note to its foot. It flies off. Mars looks out over the wasteland as the bird disappears into the red sky. You can see everything from up here, huh? Cordelia smiles out over the plains.
0: I can see enough.
1: Exterior lighthouse moments later. Bernard sits by the motorcycle. Mars exits the lighthouse. Bernard stands.
3: You can't leave me here, man. It's so boring.
1: Mars doesn't say anything. He walks to the base of the lighthouse and starts to dig in the dust with his hands.
3: Who's up there? Some old lady. Oh, man, I hate old ladies.
1: Mars wrenches a fuel can out of the ground. He looks at it. No way.
2: Mars pulls out the map. This isn't enough fuel to get to the fuel station, but it's enough to get back to camp. Bernard lights up.
3: So you're going back?
2: I can drive about 40 miles on this and walk 10 to my nearest stash. Should be easy enough.
3: Oh.
1: Mars starts to fill up the motorcycle. Bernard's eyes fill with tears.
3: Don't leave me with a crusty old woman.
1: Thought you were tough. Mars looks up at the lighthouse. Another bird flies out the window and off across the wasteland. He sighs.
3: Fine. I don't need you. I'll walk back to the resistance where they need me.
1: Mars finishes filling the bike. You'll die on your own.
3: You don't know me.
1: Bernard plops on the ground. He attempts to hide teary eyes by looking away from Mars. Mars sits on his bike. He looks out into the distance, then back toward the camp. He takes a deep breath and shakes his head. Hop on.
3: Oh, thank fuck.
1: Bernard hops on behind Mars. Mars revs the engine and heads back to the resistance camp. Exterior Wasteland, day. Cordelia's bird flaps through the dark sky. It squints and sees a figure atop a rocky hill. The bird tucks its wings and dives toward the figure. Exterior hill, continuous. The bird flutters to a stop on a rock right next to a seated body. The body reaches down and grabs the note from the bird. As they bring it up, we follow the note to see The back of a head that wears a blonde wig. The person reads the note and rolls it back up. They give it back to the bird. The bird clutches the note in its claws and takes off again on its way. Cut to black. Alright, thank you so much everyone for listening to episode 9 of The Writer's Room. I'm putting all of our actors' info in the description as well as Stieg's info, as he was the guest on the episode. Also, um, as Stieg said, There are some great causes and petitions in the description of the podcast. Every week I put three new petitions or funds for causes that I like in the description each week. So please go sign those. Thank you to Austin Woolsey for all the music, the intro, the transitions, the underscore, and the outros. So check him out in the description as well. Please don't forget to rate us on iTunes. It helps a lot to get the podcast out there. We also just launched the Plump Goose YouTube channel. We post highlights from all of our projects there. And if you're interested in some writer's room highlights, I'm posting audio clips of just the scripted portions of the show. So if you want to catch up on only the story or if that's the only thing you listen for, then check the podcast description for the Plump Goose YouTube channel and subscribe. If you have any feedback or suggestions, please email the room podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you want to read the scripts for the episodes, they are all collected at www.plumpgoose.co. Just go to the Writer's Room page. And there's a new episode next Monday, so stay tuned. Alright, thanks everyone.
0: Oops podcast